Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, and we're about to finish off another book of the Bible here. We've been going through the book of Exodus as we start off another year going through the Bible, different sections, looking at the Torah, the Pentateuch. About to finish that off, but just one little thing before we go on to Exodus chapter 40, a little bit of a sneak preview of what we'll be doing next. We're going to hop back into the New Testament pretty soon this week. We'll be looking at 1 Corinthians. And so today, to kind of get us ready for 1 Corinthians, we're going to be looking at Psalm 94. And uh, it, it'll become clear, I think, as we actually take a look in this psalm and in the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, but there's just lots of really cool connections between these different psalms and then the letters of Paul. And if you you have these psalms in mind first, you can really appreciate what Paul's getting at um, on on a whole other level. So really good stuff that we're going to do today, and then we will go ahead and finish off the book of Exodus. So looking forward to diving into Psalm 94 with our guest today. We've got Pastor... Delwyn Campbell. He's a domestic missionary and pastor at St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana. Welcome back, brother. Really good to have you on again. Uh, How are you and the brothers and sisters there in Gary? Well, it's good to be back. And uh, I must tell you, now that you've done all that front loading about 1 Corinthians, you got me curious too. (laughs) <laughs> hey, very good. <laughs> I, I, that means I, I didn't do too shabby. So, yeah, well, you know, you got the, you got, you got all these really cool connections, and it is really just something. It, it's hard to appreciate it when you're just giving Paul a straight reading, but I, I mean, he's just drawing on scripture left and yeah. right. And you know, if you don't yes, have the does. Old Testament in mind, like you're just just missing what he's saying, kind of all over the place. You know, that's why I feel badly for our brothers and sisters who, uh, and I love their focus on the New Testament, but when they basically set the God's word aside, or at least half of God's word or a significant portion of it aside, they miss out on so much and they don't even know what they don't know, which is a sad part. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and it's worse than it's more like three quarters, right? Or, or something yeah. like that, you know? I mean, it's just, it, it's a pretty gigantic. And then even then, right, you have to stop <laughs> and think about just how much of the uh, New Testament is just quoting the Old Testament or alluding to the Old Testament. So it's probably even worse than that, even. So uh, I, I totally am with you that it's just, you're not going to be able to really get the New Testament if you aren't kind of getting, uh, you, you know, like what, what it's, foundation is you know it's uh it's sort of like trying to like i I don't know like watch season six of a of a series or something without the first five seasons yeah i mean it's 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 really like you know when people talk about for example the use of god's law and on the one hand you don't want to um try to please god or 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 get god's attention through the law. And while at the same time, you don't want to give people the impression that they can say, well, let us do evil that good may come, uh, which right. is a problem, which is a huge that's problem. Right, that's right. That's right. So, so this is this is good. The Psalms and the Old Testament, just putting this, putting this in context for us so that, like you were saying, so we actually hear Paul the right way and we don't 
uh, you know, invent our own misinterpretation of Paul. Like something I like to say is that everybody has an Old Testament whenever you look at the New Testament. Even if you don't think you do, you've got an Old Testament. Um, it's best, though, to be using the same one that Paul had. Mm-hmm. Amen to Jesus. So we're gonna, <laughs> now, now, the Psalms is, is actually, it's, it's funny thing about the Psalms is because they are not narratives. They are not. That's right. Uh, they're not didactic. They are songs and poetry. They express feelings. They get into the heart rather than to the That's head, right. if you will. And so there are yeah. things said that you know. Sometimes we'll read them and go, "Well, did 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 God say that?" <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say that. I said that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, we, well, let's go ahead without any further ado and, and get into what, what God actually is saying here. Um, as, we, as we get started reading, brother, would you um, start us out with a word of prayer? Sure. Uh, blessed Lord, you've given us all holy scriptures for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we might embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we go. Psalm 94. Um, anything you want to call out to our attention b- before before I just go ahead and read this for us here, 23 verses. It's a kind of a medium length psalm, but um, any any highlights or any any things to keep in mind before we read it? Well, I had some. I had done some reading this morning, and I yeah. wrote down some first impressions I had, and a couple questions also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'll withhold the first impressions for a little later. But let's look at the questions I had. Uh, at sure. what point, for example? are calls for God to avenge not only cathartic, but fitting. Hmm. Uh, The second question I had was, are both forgiveness and divine vengeance appropriate responses to mistreatment, or do we have to choose for which we pray? And Hmm. then finally, uh, tying it to God's word in Ephesians 4.26, how does it relate to that, that word from the Lord, be angry, and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Right. So those the, the, are the three those questions. Those are some good ones. The, the, what was your second one again? Are both forgiveness and divine vengeance appropriate oh, okay. responses to mistreatment? And okay. it's actually an appropriate series of questions that we asked today. I was talking with a friend this morning who preached yesterday and he was preaching from Romans, um, and he wanted to address the issue of race and how we mm. view race in his and his congregation is a largely Caucasian congregation, and they yeah. want to do the right thing. They want to be in the right place and having the right mind, having the mind of Christ, and yet all around them, people are, in a sense, pushing them to feel like they're in the wrong place and they don't even know how they got there, Hmm. you know? And then there are other people who in the name of Christ are, are saying things 
that are problematic at best and wrong at worst. And yet everybody is saying, well, God is with us. And saying things that seemingly are contradictory all at the same time. Yeah. So that's this is an this is an appropriate song for the times in which we find ourselves. It, it sure is. Yeah, no, in a time like you're saying when people are drawing lines and it's like you're on this side or you're on that side and you know, people are talking about, you know, um yeah, like making things right, if if not retribution, perhaps reparations and yeah, all those different ideas and words are all bouncing around and this is good. I appreciate your questions. And so let's go ahead and keep those sorts of things in mind. And I think, yeah, we'll find that God speaks to that uh, as, uh, as well as he did to the uh, first situation that the Israelites found themselves in. So let's go ahead and we'll give this thing a read. This is Psalm 94 here in the English Standard Version. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have soon lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. All I can say is amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I know. It's it's like you were saying, you know, the, these are words that really, they, they, they work on the heart. And, uh, you know, your first question, right? It feels, it feels cathartic, I got to say, just reading it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, it, it feels like stuff that, that, that I think, I think that we all feel on a certain level and we want to see happen. And it's the stuff I think that, that gets pent up in inside, you know, and like, I think because it, it knows no expression, um, it just kind of like comes out. It's like just to a roaring 
boil over at times, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that's where you get all this anger that just gets misdirected. I think you're kind yes. of get, getting to that, right? We just kind of don't even know where to channel it. And so it just comes out in this, you know, spontaneous and, and often uh, misguided or just wrong direction. But I mean, there, there's something about, you know, about this. It's just like, I think that we all intuitively know that there's just, there's, there's injustice, that there's a lot of these, you know, rulers that, that are not going to bring it to us. Uh, the Lord has to correct it himself and has to, and it has to actually execute judgment on these people. And, and there's no other way it's going to happen. And, and I think we all know that intuitively, but it, it, we can be timid to want to express it the way that it's so yeah. boldly put forth here. And, you know, and you brought up the issues of government. I, I am a strong believer in Romans 13, 1 through 7, when yeah, it comes right. to how do you hold government people accountable? Yeah. That, that's my, that is my passage. That yeah. is my hammer, you know, you might say. Whenever I'm talking to a local official or whatever, you know, about things that pertain to my work, you know, that comes into the conversation. Yeah. And so I do believe that God has placed people in positions, not only in terms of public office, but even in the other realms of life. Uh, yeah. You didn't you didn't become a parent by accident. You didn't become a husband or wife by accident. You didn't just happen to become a boss or happen to get that job or become a teacher or what have you, whatever your right. vocations right. are. God gave you that. And he gave you that so that you could be his mask in that arena. And so when it comes to government, there are some things that are local issues, for example, and need to be handled locally so that that the people who are directly impacted can see that it's being dealt with. There are some things that are bigger that is just like with Moses and his father-in-law said to him, you That's know, right. the, 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 you, you, you set up rulers of fifties and hundreds and thousands and the things that are within their level, they handle and the things that are too big for them, then you handle those. And today we have kind of gotten to a place where many people on a variety of spectrums, they skip all over all those other guys and women that are getting paychecks. Remind, I, I mind you, you know, yeah. the mayor gets a paycheck, the city right. councilman gets a paycheck, and right. they want to skip over all of that and run straight to the top. Right. And at the take top, everything to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, and there may be some things that really the top is not really equipped to address. Yeah, without a whole lot of confusion and expense and controversy. Whereas if you took it local. You could probably handle it simply and smoothly and quickly, and everybody goes home happy. Yeah, but that, that, you know, that, that's, that's yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a really. I appreciate that because you know I, I think that the, the the whole notion right of federalism right of levels of government you know mm-hmm. that that I think has a lot of connections and historical associations that people really quickly get ideological about. And, and we'll say like, oh, well, you know, like now, now you're talking about, you know, states rights or, you know, local privilege and things like this. And, hey, that's, you know, that can be abused. Well, but it's like you're saying, I mean, there, there can be abuse on <laughs> either side, you know, taking everything to the top or um, trying to cram everything through the bottom. I mean, whichever way, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's error. The, the non-ideological yeah. approach, though, like you're saying, is is recognizing all these levels as God-given vocations that 
that shouldn't be skipped over. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the right way to put it and look, to look at it that, hey, you know, all of these have their place that's supported in scripture and, you know, give to each their due, but, but don't yeah. try to, you know, short circuit the thing. Yeah, because if I want God to shine forth, if I want the judge of the earth to repay to the proud what they deserve, then let God work through his masks. And yeah. if it's if it's something that can be handled, like, for example, um, I know this whole, you know, the thing, the social justice thing that's it's all the rage now about yeah. police. Well, yeah. if you thought if you just stop for a second and thought um, who pays the salaries of the average police officer? Yeah, it's it's local. Yeah. So if you got a local problem with local police, you address it with their local paymaster, their local supervisor. And you'll probably get a much quicker solution than if you go way up to an area that actually has no direct control over that local situation. You see where I'm going? Yeah, and yeah. So well, yeah. You're you're <laughs> you're bringing. Well, I think you're bringing up a really important distinction, which is which is kind of getting already to just the whole notion of anger. I think here, um, yes. which we, we'll want to talk about because I think anger. Right. I mean, th there's two different things, right? Like there's the anger that just wants to be heard and just wants to kind of demolish things. Right. And to make the mm -hmm. biggest kind of noise and explosion possible versus, God, you know, God's a sincere prayer to. <laughs> yeah. Versus like a sincere prayer to actually fix things. Right. And, and I think that's what you're getting yes. at, that if you're yes. actually wanting to fix things, sometimes the, the best way to fix things is not the the big splashy way that gets lots of likes and lots of reposts and lots of media attention and all the rest of it. Right. Like sometimes it's kind of quiet. It's, it's local. It's just talking to people and everyone, like you said, goes home happy, you know, it's just, and you fix the problem. Uh, but if what you're wanting is blood, then th that's not going to be good enough. Right. Cause like what you're, what you're actually calling for is not a solution to the problem. But you, you, you want to see blood in the streets. And, and, that, and that's just a, a different kind of thing. So it's like, are we after fixing the problem or are we just after, you know, we just want to make people, you know, see our anger and, and feel and, and just kind of feel this way. And I think when you look at this psalm, yeah, there's there's something that we might describe as uh, anger. But, I mean, it seems clear in this psalm that there actually there's actually a sincere desire for something to get fixed here it's about fixing the problem it's not about just you know shining forth and just make me feel really good about myself so i can rub it in their faces we still have you there brother well um, I'm not I'm not hearing you right now, but I'm gonna just kind of like go on for a second here. So, uh, looking back here at the first verse, we we're kind of starting to talk about that. So this is a psalm where you don't see any clear title or superscription here. It just goes straight into it. Uh, interesting thing though, the way that th this psalm kind of operates, it, it just starts off with a title, a name for God. So that, that kind of, you know, in a way almost functions as the title or the superscription. Um, and, and so how is it that this begins? It begins, uh, O Lord, God of vengeance. And that really is, that is really pretty interesting, I think. In the Hebrew there, the, the, opening, the opening word is just El Nakamot, and it's just, there it is, uh, you know, which is, which is an interesting way of saying God of vengeance. It's not even like, 
the full word for God. It's just saying ale. It's just kind of vengeance God, like like it's a like it's a name or a title. And so that's, <laughs> I, I think in some ways it kind of characterizes the the whole thing and kind of functions as a, as a title. And that's uh, it's just I think pretty striking because we don't really think of you know you think of like you know names of god right and someone's gonna go through and yeah. say oh, a prince a prince of peace a mighty counselor and and, and no one's gonna really come up with like you know like el nakamot like <laughs> you know vengeance god but, but there, but there it is right <laughs> that's You're right, right man. I, I i can't recall anybody singing a song about that <laughs> yeah no bible study oh. no books nothing <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so so good. We got you back. So, what what do you think about like the 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 psalm opening up that way and that kind of uh, that that term? It's it's not it's not it's not even like super common in in the Old Testament actually, as far as words for retribution or, or vengeance here. But I mean, this is this is what you have here is the opening uh, the opening words. I find that fascinating because it identifies God in this in this category, and then at the same time it describes uh, what where this vengeance, if you will, this recompense comes from. It's not just the sort of thing that just destroys everything, because the God to whom it's addressed is the God who created all of this stuff. Yeah. And he didn't create it to be destroyed. He created mm -hmm. it with his intention is that it would abide. The earth mm -hmm. is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mm -hmm. And so when we call for God to to be vengeance, God, mm -hmm. we're calling him to operate within the realm of who he is as not as the destroyer of worlds, but as the one who speaks and it comes into existence and who sustains all things by the word of his power. And that's a beautiful thing because that also means that the recompense that he does is not just going to be sheer destruction. Yeah, that that's uh, it's really interesting. You know, I think the word recompense is a, uh, is helpful, right. To think about that because, um, it isn't just, you know, grr, I'm going to smash something, right? But it's that idea of, you know, a recompense where it's like, we're, we're going to like balance the scales, right? We're going to kind of restore mm -hmm. equilibrium. And, and you yes. look at this, this, this word here, um, that it comes from like the root, this, uh, nakam, it's, um, it's typically the word that's used for avenging yourself or something that's, uh, associated with yourself and so you know mm -hmm. like one of the uh i i think this is i, I want to say this is the word that's used um in in genesis at some point where we're talking about um like just like like a man like avenging um his own uh wrongs but like i, I think some of the other uh, instances where you have this you've got um for instance it comes up and actually it came, it came up in exodus where it was talking in um exodus 21 about all those different laws about how to make uh, make someone how, how do you put this like to, to make something someone whole again right to like compensate mm -hmm. them in case you've like uh, hurt one of their servants or you, you you have their ox get killed or something like that right where it, mm -hmm. it's like you're restoring really you're, you're you're restoring to someone something so I mean I think that that's right that like if you if you think about this in terms of you know God is the creator 
and things have gone wrong for the creator, well, if the creator uh, gets gets justice and has things restored for himself, I mean, that, that really is good, like you were saying, and creative for the whole order. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 an awesome thing because what you're saying to God is things are out of order. Like you just said, things are out of yeah. order. They're out of yeah. balance. They're right. not the way you intended. Lord, fix this. That's right. Rise up. You know, there are some people that have in verse two, repay to the proud what they deserve. Well, what is the sin of the proud that they set themselves up as God? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so right. God put them back in the place where they need to be not only for your benefit, actually, but for their repay to them what they deserve. Mm -hmm. oh. mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, 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 that's right. And, and, the, and those words, right. Give them what they deserve. That, that can sound, you know, like, or, you know, really red meat, but like you're saying, you know, I mean, in, on a certain level, it's even what they need, even if they don't acknowledge it. Uh, that's a really good thought. I want to develop that a little bit more. It's time for our break though. Everybody hold on. We're looking at Psalm 94 here on thy strong word. We'll be right back. This is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. This week on Issues Etc., we'll discuss Lutheran worship myths with Pastor Sean Denzer. We'll talk with Ian Murray about the socialist temptation, and we'll continue our series on the words of Scripture with a teaching by Pastor Will Whedon about the word blessed in the Bible. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. back everybody to thy strong word i'm pastor aj espinosa we're looking at psalm 94 today we were just saying at the beginning uh we're looking at psalm 94 because of its connections to first corinthians 3 and so uh, we'll be looking at first corinthians 3 this week um and so i hope that we can draw upon this and, and make some of those those cool connections uh, and maybe just a little bit of sneak preview stuff today um, and kind of take a look at some of those things. Uh, but for right now, just kind of breaking it down, focusing on it, looking at these first couple of verses here with our guest today. We've got Pastor Delwyn Campbell. He's a domestic missionary and pastor at St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana, just talking about 
you know, this, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a call for vengeance. The very first words in Hebrew, you know, vengeance, God, something like this, but it's, it's not just destroy things. It's, it's, it's make things whole, put things back into place. Uh, uh, brother, I like the way you were putting that, right? Like put, put some of these people back in place. And so we have some, uh, we already have one question here, uh, along these lines. If you do have any questions, you're listening live, join the conversation, give us a call 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. We thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support. Thank you guys for supporting Thy Strong Word, their website, lhfmissions.org. One of the really cool organizations I think that God uses to put things uh, back in place and set things right. There's a lot of places in the world that don't have the resources that they that they ought to and you know this is one that you know makes things whole in a, in a good sense there but uh but yeah so the Ooh, one of the questions at? <laughs> ah, yeah right you worked that good I, I didn't i didn't get paid any extra for that but maybe i should no i'm just kidding okay, just kidding um yeah but so so one of the questions right i want to let you have first stab at it here um that came in you know uh, so you know you were bringing us to, to verse two, you know, rise up, um, oh, judge of the earth, repay the proud, repay to the proud what they deserve. Oh, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exalt? Um, kind of just kind of basic question here then, like who are the proud and the wicked that the psalmist is talking about in the first place? Maybe we should answer the question, who's the psalmist? Um, so kind of who are those people in the original context, and who are they today? Ooh, that's a good question. And you know yeah. what? I, I must admit that uh, I am not equipped for that one yet. <laughs> not today, at least. But you want yeah. to take a stab at it? Go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to guess well, wrong. It'll, it'll, be, well. it'll, be, it'll turn out to be Moses' other psalm or something. <laughs> David, you yeah. know. Well, David, yeah. yeah right. That's always yeah. a safe one, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, so help a brother out. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm really, like, going to be the expert on this one in particular either. But, um, I mean, it is striking that you don't have a superscription that says a psalm of David, right? Um, and and typically, right. I feel I feel like in the Psalms, if anything could maybe be ascribed to David, it has Psalm of David on the top. Um, so it, when it doesn't have that, that's that I think is kind of telling you something. That uh, typically, I think it means this is a a post David situation, and typically it's a post exile situation. So one one could imagine that this could be a Psalm that could be sung um, following. Uh, the destruction of Jerusalem, where you've got oppression, you've got you've got some survivors who are barely hanging on, um, and you've got maybe the Babylonians are in charge, and this is just one of these things where um, there's just for everyone who's left in in the in the land that things are looking really bad, or maybe even it's referring to the time after um, after Cyrus's decree where they came back. But, you know, we, we saw how in some of those uh, later biblical uh, books, how they have, for instance, um, with like Nehemiah and Ezra, how there were these oppressors, right? Yeah. These, um, kind of talking about the, the local and the, the higher levels, right? How you had some of the kind of the local right. like satraps and those lower guys who were making life difficult for those who were returning to Israel, who wanted to rebuild the temple and so forth. 
Um, right. And they had to, and they had to eventually like appeal then to the emperor and say, "Hey, look, Cyrus, he gave us a decree. That decree is still good, I think." Um, so, so you know, <laughs> may, maybe yeah, right. So may, maybe it's one of those kinds of situations where um, you know you've got you know this this kind of upside down situation where we want restoration, we want to actually have this temple rebuilt, and we want to actually go back to following the Torah of God, but. We got some people in the land um, who are locally giving us some trouble, um, who are making that rather difficult to to have happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there is in Lang's commentary a yeah. reference to a Talmudic tradition that the Levites sang this psalm during the capture of Jerusalem by the Chaldees. Uh, but again, that's yeah. that's Talmud. It's like you said, there's nothing in the text that tells us, but. The good thing about that is nobody can tell you that this does not apply to you. <laughs> Look at it well, that way. Yeah. Well, no, no, that, that, that's fair. I mean, like, so, and sometimes, you know, you think that maybe these things are written because they're kind of meant to be more broadly applicable. So, you know, maybe it was maybe it was written by someone who was going on, uh, well, like, like you were saying, right, like sung by the Levites when the when the Babylonians were, were, were coming and um, giving all these problems to the land of Judah. Or, or, or maybe it was written a little bit later when it was Judah returning um, under under the Persians. But like kind of either way, it's the door's been kind of left open to kind of have that broader application. So for us today, you know, I, I, I think the idea— is I mean it's anyone who really is perverting justice, um, and and I mm-hmm. think that that's kind of the emphasis here. Like I don't, it's interesting because I I, I don't really see this as necessarily religious persecution. I, I think that idea doesn't seem to be really actually that pronounced here. I think it seems to be more like there are people who don't know God and they don't know His law. And because of that, they are they are perverting justice. But like, what, what's the actual complaint there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it says there in verse six, they kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. The the, the complaint is, uh, you know, complaint in the in the technical sense, not in the not in the negative one necessarily, but like the the kind of uh, what the petition, right, the supplication, right, um, right. is made on behalf right. of those who are disadvantaged, who have who don't have power, they don't have money. They don't have a voice, so we're we're talking really like on that you know hey, it's it's social justice right and like hey look at that it seems like the Bible cares about social justice every so often, and in a way that actually, I think most people concrete, yeah, it, it's tangible. It's something you can get your hands on as opposed to something that's vague and conceptual and you know Mm -hmm. um i i can wrap my hands my head around something that's that's affecting real people in real this is not right if that's right if there's for example a tax policy that in its in its whether in its design or not but definitely in its application works to the disadvantage consistently of certain people um, then you can say, okay, look, this needs to be rectified because these people don't have the ability to to rectify this within their own uh, resources. We need we need yeah. a, a higher power to step in and look at this and put this back in balance. See, 
Yeah, that's uh, right. You could also apply this to, to people who, let's say, for example, those who act outside of the law, the criminal element. Mm -hmm. Primarily speaking, criminals don't go against people that have resources. Mm -hmm. They go against the people that can't do anything in response, can't right, defend themselves. Don't. Exactly. And so in that situation, you may have a criminal element that is plundering people. And the, yeah. and the city lacks resources in and of itself to address this thing for a variety of reasons. Uh, but because of which now it's like open season, you're like, it's like Gotham or something. Yeah, right. And so God, we need you to send help. And, it, uh, and that's you know, right. it, it's I, not going to be a guy with a cape, probably, <laughs> but it could yeah, that's be. Right. Could be, you know, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe there's some practical reason that I haven't found, you know, in capes, you know, but, um, but yeah, I know, no, I mean, I think your, your point's well said that it is as concrete, you know, and, and I think it really is, we, we got to pay attention to that. And like, just in the same way, actually, that in verse one, the, the very first word is, you know, you know, like you know, recompense God, vengeance God, the very first words in verse six are, uh, I mean, just these these concrete groups of people, widow and sojourner, like that. That's the first thing. Like widow and sojourner, they slay, right? And, and so, like, and then, and then in the very next breath, right? And the fatherless, right? They they murder, mm -hmm. and and that idea, right? Like, hey, look, like these are like concrete, specific problems. Like, I like what you said. This is social justice, not in a in an ideological way. This this isn't a, a dog whistle. Right for a certain political agenda here. This is just like a fact of this is the terrible stuff that's going on. We need law and yes. order, like you were saying, so that the weakest um, and the and the those who are at, at the bottom uh, don't don't suffer the worst in the midst of all this stuff. Right, I mean, we and we see this stuff happening today, even where you know in the midst of uh, you know the pandemic, right? Like they they do the studies, and it's like, well, who are the people who die from COVID nineteen? Well, typically it's it's the people who are poor, right? And and, and you say, well, why should mm -hmm. that be, right? Well, there's I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot of reasons for that, and it gets it gets complicated really fast. But I mean, I think that shows you, right, that like, hey, something's not right when when the poor are the ones who are getting the really bad end of all of this, and that's mm -hmm. a that's a concrete problem. That's not a left versus right thing, right? That's a hey, well, let's let's do something about this and help people. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. And then the other right. thing about this, and I know we got to move ahead because we got to get to that part that connects to 1 Corinthians 3.20. But let's That's look right. at it. In verse 7, you know, it's like, you say, okay, all this is happening. And then to top it off, Lord, they yeah. say, you don't see it. Right. You don't perceive what's going on. They're saying that they are so clever. They are so quick. They are so smooth that they are able to step on your territory, God, on your turf, mess with your people and get away with it in your face. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's right. And, and you're, you're really bringing out like the import of it, right? That like, I mean, this is, I, I think, similar to the way that Moses made intercession in Exodus that we've been seeing how, how, what does Moses keep going back to, right? When he's making intercession, he's like, why should the Gentiles say, 
hey, look, I guess their God just took them out to the wilderness to go, you know, take them out back and, and just have them die there, you know? And, and like, why why would you let people mock you like that? They're mocking you. Yeah. They're not just mocking us. And so that's, you know, and, and we can't misunderstand that. That's not, you know, Moses, like, playing to God's vanity, but but rather, look, this is, this is, this is, this is God. This is the holiest name in the world. This is the creator. If there's anything holy or good and or beautiful in the world, he is it. And they're going to go and, and say, basically, the most meaningful thing in life is worthless. The, these people are out to destroy meaning and purpose and beauty, not just make a quick buck. What they're doing is destroying uh, the, the color of life itself. And, and, and I think yes. that when you, when you fully appreciate that, that, hey, it's not just like they're, they're, they're after these people over here and, uh, hey, well, I'm over there, so it's okay for me. No, I mean, I think it's what you were saying, that when God puts things back into place, it's really better even for the people who thought they were taking advantage. I mean, like, it's not going to yeah. last if, if you keep doing it like this. You know, it's a funny thing. If you look at all the various utopian ideologies, philosophies, even religions like Islam, they yeah. all take you to the same end point where we are a community of neighbors. Yeah. The problem is they do it trying to do it without God. They try to get to God's end, God's telos, his purpose, mm -hmm. without God. They, in essence, yeah. say God is not seeing the problem, yeah. but we see it. God is not right. addressing the problem, so we'll address it, and we'll create what God failed to create through his means of grace. Yeah, And that's why all of these entities have to come against the gospel in what they do. People say, well, why can't there be a Christian communism or a, a some sort of rapprochement with Islam or a Christian utopianism? Uh, it's because these entities set themselves up as antichrist, not in the English sense of being against Christ, but right. in the sense of the Greek sense of putting that's right. it in Christ's place. That's right. Christ and substitutes. Say, look at me. I am he. And 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 people look at that and they go, that, that looks like him. It's doing yeah. signs and wonders, kind of like mm. we think he would do. It's answering the issues that we thought he cared about. Well, maybe that is God's hand. Maybe that is God's work. Right. And people get led astray into something that is that is totally removed from the the, the mission of God. That, that that's that's really well said, and, and that's and that's and that, and that I think kind of connects us to a little bit of this paradox, right? That that there's two different sides to this, right? But there's both the people who are trying to make the problem worse actively, who are just like, hey, I'll make a quick buck because hey, God doesn't see it. He's too busy, right? Or like God doesn't see it. There isn't one. And th th that's so you got one side who's just doing that opportunistically. And then like you're saying, there's the other side though that wants to say, really, like, aren't all religions the same? And like, can't we really just kind of like put all that theological stuff to the side? And you know what? If we band together, we'll fix the problem. Because that that mentality also says, hey, God doesn't see this. God's not doing anything about it. Or or in the words of today, like, hey, uh, don't say don't tell me you're praying for me, right? Like, oh, don't don't say that you're going to pray about it um, because, you know, the, the, the I think the thrust is now, hey, prayer doesn't do anything. 
don't don't pray, do yeah. something about it, right? And, and so both sides say that God doesn't do anything about it, uh, and both sides in the end are going to lead not to a, a utopia, which uh, you know you're mentioning Greek earlier, it means uh, no place, no such place exists. <laughs> They're going yeah. to lead to a dystopia. <laughs> which means a bad place. I mean, bad either place. way, you're going to get to a bad place. It's it's not going to be paradise <laughs> on earth. What I mean, as soon as no. you deny that God sees and hears and that God teaches and rebukes, you're going down a scary path, whether it's for the best of intentions nominally or the worst of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, that and that's is... verse 11, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. And so here we are in a world where this exists and again, in some cases, people saying it with the best of intentions, but it's still like they say, the road to hell is paved with what? Yeah. Good, Good intentions. intentions. That's right. Because the reality is, the reality of life is that God he 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 God is about discipline. God is about order. He's not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. And he has a plan and a purpose. And he's not forgetful, people. I know sometimes you might think he's forgotten about you. He's forgotten about your pain. He's forgotten about your sorrow. But he hasn't. But there are some things, I'll be honest, if I hadn't have gone through certain pains, I wouldn't appreciate where I am today. If yeah. I hadn't have heard no sometimes. You know, brother, there was a time when I wanted to be kind of doing what you're doing today, working uh, at a radio station. And I was working at this station part-time on call and being a good employee, coming in whenever I could. And my hope was to get a full-time slot. And the slot came open and they went another direction. Now, this was a Christian radio station. Like I said, it was kind of like what you're doing right now. And I was so angry. I was so upset because I said, God, how could you allow this to happen? I've worked hard. I've done all the right things. I did everything they said to do. And yet when the opportunity came, they went in another direction. God, don't you see this? Right. But if I'd have gotten what I wanted, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that really, it, it really, it really is humbling. Right. When you, when you look at that, that and all these, I think, think about right. Like all the prayers that we've prayed in life that God, it's not that he didn't hear them, but that he said no to. And you think to yourself in hindsight, like, thank God that he did say no, because things have worked out immensely better, really, for God's purposes and for God's plan, um, since God, as he always does, went with his idea <laughs> and not and not mine at the time. You know, I, yes. I couldn't I couldn't see the big picture. I mean, and there's the thing, right? The Lord, you know, that what a statement right there. The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are but a breath. He, he a breath. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our idea. It's not that he doesn't get it, right? Uh, no, mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't like the the angsty teenage complaint, you know, against their parents like they don't understand. You know, God doesn't understand. No, it's not like that. He gets it. He just knows that we can't see the whole picture. He knows that our vision is is sh- that we're short sighted. He knows that we can't see that yes. far. He 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 knows that we can't think that many moves ahead, and and he knows why that would be a catastrophic failure. And that's that's the problem. Whether it's going to be that kind of short term opportunistic, um, you know, thieving and plundering, or that kind of master plan, like we're all going to fix it and like have this kind of like master controlled society. Either way. They're built on this folly 
that doesn't acknowledge in humility our our, our short-sighted and and humble mortal estate you know we we are yes. we are men who live to be a hundred like uh, really not that frequently actually and just really? we, we we just don't have the perspective to be able to fix everything only god can we, we just were too small yeah and and here's even make even better not only god can but god will that's right he's in fact he's declared the end from the beginning he has told us what is good and what he requires of us, what he expects of us, what we're to do while he's doing what he does. And if we do what we to do while he does what he does, man, it's going to work out beautiful in the end. And we'll be able to look back and say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. That's right. But well, I, I, I yeah. feel a pull on this verse 20, man, because the clock is, you know, the tyranny of the clock never stops on radio. Yeah, <laughs> so no, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. You know, let, let's so yeah, let's 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 press on. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of like put, put a little like dog ear on this, though. Right. Like this knows the thoughts of man. They are a breath uh, or breath. That's um, yeah, right right there. Well, that's part of the connection, but like, let's, let's keep going on here. So um, there's this turn then in, in verse 12, and, and you go into this kind of, you know, blessed is the man whom you discipline, which is, which is striking, because now all of a sudden it sounds like, um, you know, like Psalm 1 or something like that, right? We're, we're, we're kind of pronouncing mm-hmm. blessings on certain kinds of, of people, which is just to say really like, you know, unlike the opportunistic ones or the the master planners who think they're going to fix everything because God can't and won't, but there's blessing for those who have the humility to say, God's disciplining me, I I am taught by him. Um, that In verse 13, that's that's the man who experiences rest. That's, you know, there's, and there's and isn't, that, isn't that something there, that confidence until a pit is dug for the wicked? Um, I think in verses mm-hmm. 14 and 15, it's the same idea. There's this confidence like you were saying, not just that God can do something, but He, but He will, and He, and He does. And um, I mean, I think that's something that you saw even in in the, those old days where you know the Babylonians were coming, or or the, the Persians, or anyone else. That it, it's just crazy how you couldn't see it at the time, but God was using all those things to really position mm-hmm. His people in a way that they 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 couldn't have possibly have seen at the time. So that when the Lord Jesus came. There, there he was at the crossroads of civilization, where all of a sudden this like tiny Semitic people was going to have their law and their God be known by the whole world. They couldn't have seen how God was doing all that in the midst of no. uh, an exile. <laughs> I mean, just it was unthinkable that God was making those moves and, and, and sacrificing the queen to win the game. Yes. I mean, when we think back now, even just when it comes to the issue of the the canon of scripture of of our yeah. of our texts, you know, yeah. the fact that there were texts in Egypt, there were texts in Mesopotamia. There's all these places where yeah, yeah, no, drawn upon from from all just been stayed. You know, everything was cool and everything was good, and they were in Israel and had David's kingdom there, and nothing had happened. Huh. See, yeah, no, <laughs> we play, that's right. we play, but God, God is, God has got it all under control. We trying to get it under control, and He's got it. 
<laughs> well, and, and so then I think that's why you get the question then that that gets developed in verse 16 and, and following where it's like, okay, look, yeah, God is the only one who can do this. And so when, it, when you have the question in verse 16, you know, so who rises up for me against the wicked? Um, and, and this kind of gets developed throughout um, the same thing in, in verse 20. You know, can wicked rulers be allied with you? It, it's just, you know what? I'm not going to be able to trust in, in these mortal men who are but a breath and they think too highly of themselves and they don't have humility before God. I mean, I mean that that's the idea, right? Like we, we cannot mm-hmm. go and invest ourselves in these figures, no matter how shiny they are or how, how cool their campaign slogan is every four years. That's not going to mm-hmm. be the thing that fixes all the problems. No, because it, 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 you, when you get into that mindset, then everything becomes a crisis and yeah. every little thing becomes a stress point and you're not finding rest because the the life of man is a life of change the yeah. the one con- constancy in human existence is change change is inevitable one of my one of my members at, at church says change is inevitable growth is optional yeah that's right yeah, yeah, or, or or growth and adaptation, right? Yeah, it's yeah. That, that's that's the part that the change is going to happen, whether it's like with or without you. Um, yes. So, so 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 then so then like let's very briefly then make the connection, right? So so in First Corinthians three twenty, you know, Paul's developing his thought, and and, he, and there's this there's division, right? There's division in the Christian community. Right, so the mm-hmm. divisive situation, like we've been talking about in our own situation, and what is what does Paul say? He cites this verse and he says, "The Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile." I mean, so he's making the connection yes. there that this applies to our Christian divisions too. Yes, so don't boast in men. You know, don't put your trust in men. Don't 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 figure well. You got to get with this group, and you get with this set, and you get with this clique. Uh-uh, because clicks come and go. Only yeah. Christ remains. That, that is well said. I'm just going to leave it right there, brother. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love our conversations. we got to have you on again really soon. God bless you and your work there in Indiana. Uh, talk to you again real soon, brother. All right, brother. Love you, man. God bless. Thanks, everybody. That was Pastor Delwyn Campbell in Gary, Indiana. Okay, we're going to finish off Exodus tomorrow with chapter 40. Until then, everybody, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.